All right. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Addicted to Busy. I'm going to try some new things while recording this episode, and I'll tell you more about that in a minute here. I started to write this episode from the porch of my childhood home. I was back home celebrating my mom's retirement, and it felt like the perfect place and time to sit down and craft up another episode. And so it kind of made me think, have any of you ever thought about what you'd like to do when you retire? Now, I'm half joking when I ask this question, but the reason I ask it is because a few weeks ago in our group coaching program, one of our managers said that they honestly didn't know what they would do with their own free time once they created it for themselves. And I think this can be so telling as to why some of us overwork. If we don't have hobbies or interests to fill our time, it is so easy to fill our time with work. Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with doing that if that's what you want to do. But if you have been a listener of this podcast, something tells me that maybe you're getting a little burned out on working so much and that you might want to fill your time with something new. So I was sitting at my parents' house and thinking about what prevents managers from doing new things. And that really cued up um, my final lesson in all of the lessons that I've learned from podcasting this year. And what that lesson was is that I had to be willing to drop perfectionism. There are many of you out there who know exactly what it is that you want to create in your future, but the fear of failure and or the fear of other people's judgment keeps you stuck right where you are or doing the same thing over and over again. I know I've felt this in various situations. I feel that fear at work. I fear it in my social life and I fear it as it pertains to my creativity. I have spent years with ideas piled up in my brain, but I took no action on them because of perfectionism. Now, I used to think that being a perfectionist was a good thing. I remember at one job that I got interviewed at, I called attention to it, not realizing that that might actually be a red flag. I thought that having high standards was going to set me apart, and I guess to some degree it did, but it also drove me up a wall most of the time. Part of what makes us really great property managers is our attention to detail, right? This helps ensure that reporting is accurate and that deadlines are met, but too much attention to detail and we can easily get lost in the weeds. For myself, I can easily start putting too much effort on a task and eventually I have wasted precious hours of the day on something that really doesn't matter. This reminds me of how sometimes we misinterpret the role of multitasking in property management. I have seen plenty of job descriptions for various property management positions, everything from leasing agents to maintenance supervisors, and all of those job descriptions require that the candidate must be able to multitask. But the job description says that the candidate must be able to multitask. The job description does not say that the candidate must multitask 24-7. It only says that they have to have the capacity to do that when needed. And that's where I think we get into trouble is sometimes we are multitasking far more than we need to when what we really need is to set clear priorities and focus on one thing at a time so that we can stay in the zone and do that work very, very well. The same can go for perfectionism. 
You need to pay attention and look for the details that matter. But you do not need to get lost in the weeds formulating a spreadsheet that only two people will see when you know that the data that you input is correct. If we leave this unchecked, perfectionism can lead to a lot of unnecessary work and a lot of wasted time. So after a while, we've got to evaluate if the cost of being a perfectionist is actually worth the benefit. And spoiler alert, in many cases, it isn't. As I was putting together my notes for this episode, I found out that there is actually an evaluation to measure perfectionism called the Frost Multidimensional Perfectionism Scale. So of course I took it and surprise, surprise, I scored in the 92nd percentile. And I have no clue if this assessment is actually legit, but it was eye-opening to see my response to the questions that they gave. Being asked questions about our perfectionist habits was an eye-opener. It gave me a lot of food for thought and helped me create more ideas around places where maybe I could back off a little bit, or maybe I could delegate a little bit. So what I want to do for this episode, and this will be a challenge for me, is I'm actually going to free speak about my perfectionism. Normally, when I create these episodes, I will write out a full script. Most of the ideas that I bring to the podcast have been from books that I've read. So I will try and reference the book or the concept so that people have more information as to where this is coming from. But I have never once sat down and just recorded a stream of consciousness. That is a challenge for me because I want it to be perfect for you. I want you to get the right information. I want you to find new tools and resources that will help you get more done on less time and energy. But again, this is a place where I can see that I have a lot of ideas. I have experience teaching concepts to other people without a script at all. And yet when I sit down to make a podcast, I I have to script it out. I have to write it out. It has to be perfect for you. So I'm just going to try and speak to you today and whatever comes out, comes out. And I hope that it's useful for you. If it isn't, I am sorry. But again, I'm trying to practice what I preach and I'm trying to use this episode for myself as a way to challenge my own perfectionism. And it doesn't feel good, right? Perfectionism it is a habit. It's it's a behavior pattern that we repeat over and over and over again. So we are comfortable there. Doing something different is going to feel uncomfortable until it is familiar. I got that quote from uh, Brianna Wiest's book, The Mountain Is You. It's a book that I send every single one of my clients because I love it so much. It's all about self-sabotage and why we do it and how to heal it. And Brianna is also just an amazing writer. I mean, the things that she brings to the page, ugh, they just, they hit me in my soul. It's like she pulls together the words for things that I have been unable to describe and she does it in such an eloquent way. She has a quote in there and I'm not going to get it word for word because again, I'm trying to do this episode verbatim without any written help. But the quote says something to the effect that anytime that you do something new, it will feel uncomfortable until it is familiar. And this is a concept that I think we can impose on any of the episodes that you have listened to. If you are trying to create a new habit or if you are trying to learn something new, 
the simple fact that the task is new will make you feel uncomfortable, but it doesn't necessarily mean that anything has gone wrong. And I think that the magic of getting us to change is being willing to step into that discomfort and embrace it instead of pushing it away. You know, in the last episode, we talked a little bit about how we can give grace to one another when we get things wrong. And what's interesting was when I was younger, I really had a lot of pressure on myself to know it all. And I don't know where that came from. I, I, I don't know where I picked up the idea that it's not okay to not understand something. But when I started embracing the idea that I could just be honest about the fact that I didn't know something, it felt awful upfront. It felt awful to admit that I'm not perfect, which of course we all know that about each other, but it was uncomfortable. Now what I've realized over time is I'm very comfortable saying I don't know. I actually look forward to the conversation that's going to follow when I tell someone that I don't understand something. But again, this all comes back to being willing to be able to change the pattern, being willing to feel discomfort and move forward anyway. I think that there are a lot of us out there who we understand that we're perfectionists and we understand that it could benefit us to give ourselves more grace to make mistakes and yet we don't do it. We know that we could drop that idea of perfectionism, but there's still that little part of us that believes that so long as we are perfect, that we are going to be free from pain in some way. So I know for me, that's why perfectionism shows up. I don't like to be embarrassed. I don't like to be called out. I don't like to feel incompetent. And so that's my drive for trying to get everything absolutely perfect is I just don't want to feel uncomfortable. And this, of course, shows up in the office. This shows up at work, but it even shows up, you know, in social settings. For example, if someone is coming over to visit me, I, I want to make sure that I have everything for them. And I feel awful if I don't. I remember one time I, I had a guest over at my house and they asked me if I had any medication for uh, back pain. And I didn't. And for whatever reason, I, I just felt like I had done something wrong. I felt like, oh shoot, that's definitely something that I should have had on hand. Dang, like I'm I'm really not a great host. I need to make sure that I get it together. But in hindsight, it it really wasn't a big deal. I mean, we could simply go to Walgreens and pick some up. There was a Walgreens and a CVS only a few miles away. But that perfectionism was really, really stepping in because I had this expectation that was so high. And when that was happening, those expectations and the fact that I couldn't meet them all the time, it really deteriorated my capacity to be present in the moment. I was always worrying about what somebody needed, what someone was going to want. I was worried about making deadlines, making sure that everything was absolutely perfect, that no one in the office was waiting on anything for me. And because of that, my brain was constantly stuck in the future, which prevented me from really living in the current moment where life is, right? And that that can be in the office. If, if we're working on something, if we're working on a report, if we're working on a project, 
we want to be in the current moment. We want to be giving our, our energy and attention there. We don't want to be multitasking because we want to do it well so that we only have to do it once. Same thing in personal life. You know, when I'm too focused on getting everything right and making sure that everyone is happy. And when I'm swimming around in my mind with this perfectionism that, you know, for whatever reason just has a hold on my brain, it prevents me from being in the moment, prevents me from seeing the wonderful things that are going on around me. I noticed this when I really started to challenge my relationship with my phone. I used to be plugged into my work email all the time. If someone emailed at work, I wanted to make sure that I responded right away. I wanted everyone to know that, hey, I've got this, I'm watching, I'm available. And I think I have told this story on the podcast before, but I would tell it again. I will never forget a weekend that I went to spend with my sister and her family. And my nephew loves to play hockey and I don't get to see him play hockey that often because we live six hours apart. And I was at the game. He was playing. I was talking to my sister. I was on my phone, sporadically checking emails. And he scored a goal that I did not see because I was on my phone. And even telling this story again makes me just a little bit sad because, you know, that time is so precious. I get a little bit choked up because now he's 14 and like that moment's gone. I'm never going to get it back. What upsets me about that moment is that I was responding to an email to a tenant and it wasn't an emergency. It didn't need my response at that hour. After the game was over, I remember he came around the rink. He was holding his all of his gear and he's like, hey, like, did you see that? And there was this feeling in the pit of my stomach, like my stomach just dropped. And I was like, oh gosh, like I'm going to have to lie to him. I didn't see that one goal that he scored because I was on my phone again. I really believed that being the perfect employee meant being available at all times and being highly responsive. And to some degree, yes, we do have to be very, very responsive. There are many moving pieces in our business and those moving pieces Sometimes they happen between the hours of 9 a.m. and 5 p.m., but sometimes there are things going on at our sites that need attention after we leave the office. But again, it was it was just too much. It was too much perfectionism. It was too much being tuned in. So I guess we come to the question of what do we do with this? How do we move forward? And I can tell you right now, normally, again, when I make these podcast episodes, I take time to really think through um, what I have learned, what I have tried. And I, I normally try and piece it out into a couple steps or a little bit of a process that makes sense right now. I, I don't have that process written out. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best to share what I have learned. And what I have learned is that the way to work through perfectionism for me personally has been through self-reflection. Um, as listeners of this podcast, if you have made it to this episode, you know what I'm about to tell you. I'm going to tell you about journaling. I'm going to tell you about therapy. I'm going to tell you about coaching. I'm going to tell you about asking for feedback repeatedly. Oftentimes we have an awareness that something is in our way, but we cannot really put a finger on what it is. And if we don't take conscious time and energy to focus on what that might be and why it's happening and if it's worth it or not, and if we want to make any changes or not, we're just going to keep doing the same things over and over and over again. This is where the power of asking ourselves questions comes into play. 
We want to be constantly questioning the ways that we show up in the world, not from a place of trying to be a better person, not from a place of trying to shame ourselves, but coming at asking ourselves questions from the place of we have free will, we have a choice in how we show up in the world, and we can change it if we want to. It's so empowering when we can say like, hey, I have this behavior and it's working for me and I like it, so I'm going to keep it. And also being able to say, hey, I notice that when I do this, these are the repercussions and maybe I want to change that. So the same thing can happen with perfectionism. First of all, we have to get an awareness of what it is and where it shows up. And then we get to start asking questions about it. As I was getting ready to prepare this episode, first of all, you'll notice I was posting episodes every single week. And that has changed. And even that right there is me challenging my own perfectionism. I got it in my head somehow that, oh, I need to do a podcast episode every single week. And that's not actually true. I'm not contractually obligated to post anything at all. There's nothing that says how often I can and cannot post. When I took on this podcast, that was one of the fears that I had was, am I going to be able to stay consistent with this? Is this going to be something that I start and stop and never come back to? Because that had been the pattern in my life with some of the previous hobbies that I've tried to invest in. Give you an example. I love taking pictures. I don't make enough time for it. So I start and stop that hobby quite a bit. And as I was worrying about that fear while I was, you know, formulating the idea for this podcast, that was where I really had to question what does it mean to be consistent? What what difference would it make whether or not this podcast was every single day versus once a month? Again, the purpose of this podcast is I want to have a container where managers can start sharing what's working for them and sharing how they're creating better work-life and health balance. There is no official outline for this. Yes, internally, the fact that I haven't been able to consistently post episodes the last few weeks that's been driving me crazy. You know, I, I love when things are on a checklist. I love when they're on the timeline. I love when they're predictable, but this is life and things change and circumstances change. And for those of you listening, I am going through a big change right now and it's been challenging. And even though I didn't make a podcast episode for the last couple of weeks, that doesn't mean that this is a project worth abandoning. That was just my perfectionism coming into play trying to tell me that everything had to be posted on a Tuesday by 9 a.m. And I have to challenge that. It doesn't feel good. I was chatting with one of my friends and we were talking about the silly rules that we made as kids, especially on the playground. Or if you remember, you were never supposed to step on a crack in the sidewalk. Or, you know, if you listen to kids play, sometimes they're just making up imaginary rules and telling them to one another. And then all of a sudden that just becomes a game that they're playing. But I think we still do this in adulthood as well. We make rules for ourselves. And sometimes those rules are helpful and they're useful. And other times they just aren't. For example, as I was really trying to sort out my health and learn how to take better care of myself, I understood that cooking fresh food was going to help me feel better. It was going to help me think better. It was going to help me have more energy. Back in the day, I really didn't know how to cook. Everything that I was eating was processed. I was eating a lot of takeout. 
and it was challenging to learn how to cook meals from scratch. It was challenging to learn about food and how to fuel myself and how to cook better. So that's a wonderful thing that happened for me. However, I created an imaginary rule that I didn't even consciously do. It just kind of happened that I needed to have a fresh home cooked meal every day, every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And what ended up happening was like that perfectionist mindset. Oh my God, it killed me. I remember I would just get so upset in the evenings if I'd had a long day at work and I didn't have time to meal prep the next day. And it just kind of killed my energy. I felt like I had done something wrong. I started telling myself stories like, oh my gosh, like you just can't get it together. You can't keep up with everything. And it was sad because as I look back at that time in my life, I was already reaping the benefits of feeding myself better and taking care of myself, but I wasn't allowing myself to celebrate that. I wasn't giving myself a chance to be thankful and grateful to myself for changing my habits and making new choices. Perfectionism kept me in a place where I kept beating myself up and where nothing was good enough, nothing at all. Because any time that I reached a goal, I just ramped the bar up a little bit higher. As you're listening to this, as I'm thinking this out, I'm I'm thinking about <laughs> what journal questions I might include in this week's email. And so on the fly here, the journal question that I'll give for you is to just do some self-reflection on what are all the perfectionist rules that I have for myself? Where did they come from? Are they working for me or are they not working for me? And as you come up with this list, I would just get really curious how you feel when you enact these rules and where that's coming from. I think that we can often get into the mindset of box checking right? As property managers, our to-do list is never ending and it can feel so gratifying to just check things off our list, you know, get, get projects move forward. And I get that. But I also think that when we are in a box checking mentality, we can oftentimes become so hyper focused on our tasks that we forget that there's a world going on around outside us. So I think that's what I have for you today. I wouldn't know because I didn't script this episode out. I appreciate you spending time with me. I appreciate those of you who are listening. In hindsight, putting together a stream of conscious podcast episode was a little bit fun. It's still very much not my nature to be so free-spirited, but I think maybe, just maybe I will give it a try in the future. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I've got my fingers crossed that it comes together as well as some of the others have. As always, if you are loving this episode and you want to do some more of this work, I would love to coach you. It's absolutely my favorite thing to do in the world. I love talking to people about how to create better habits for yourself so that you can get more done on less time and energy. So if you want to do that, pop on over to the website. My website is anahavalyana.com. That's A-N-N-A-J-A-V as in victory e-l-l-a-n-a.com. On the top right-hand corner of the website, you can click get free coaching so that you can come and try out a coaching session and see if it's right for you. All right, everybody. I love you. Keep going until next time. We'll see you then. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.